Foodies Rock with Leslie Chesterman on Show 97.7. An expert's guide for what to put in your mouth and where to do it. At exactly 7-11. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning, Terry. How are you? Our second to last show together. Yes, that's right. We've only got yes. this one and one more to do. And I have a something good planned for next week. Not okay. that this week is not good. You're always it's good, Leslie. Next Come on. Week, next week, Terry, boy, yeah. it's going to be really good. Well, okay. now the pressure's on. But um, <laughs> but this week, I, there was like no way I could not talk about the news that came up yesterday with the uh, Francois Legault. Yes. Reopening of restaurants, the excitement, people already planning their outfits for terraces, considering yeah. cutting their toenails and their hair, <laughs> maybe getting some outfits together. Well, you it's know, nice. I don't know, it's but... light at the end of the tunnel, eh? Well, it's light at the end of the tunnel for us, but from yeah. what I discovered quite quickly is that it's really stressing out a lot of restaurant people for a lot of different reasons. So um, that's what I want to talk about this morning was a little bit of the reaction that I got internally on the back end of this from the restaurant people. So okay. just for people to know a little bit, if anybody wasn't aware of what's going on, May 28th, the government said that restaurant terraces can be open. June 15th, dining rooms open. I find that quite something. Mm-hmm. I wonder what they're going to do with all that plexiglass that they ordered yeah. the restaurants because there was a lot of that plexiglass. I don't know if they're going to use it. May 31st, dining rooms in the regions. Uh, June 11th, bars and terraces in Montreal. And June 14th, indoor bars. So, okay, so there are a lot of questions now about this. Uh, first of all, they say there'll be caps on the number of people in a dining room. So I think you have to have four people, like two adults and two kids, or it could be four people from the same address. And, um, you know, this is like, he predicts that there are no masks anymore at the end of August. Okay, everybody, so either everybody's really excited or a little trepidatious about this. And uh, the restaurant people are, you know, after a year of not, the thing about restaurants is they get this real rhythm going. So you, you get this real rhythm going during the service of the speed, your staff, people know each other. It's either running well or running badly. Good chef, good sous chef, good... They have, a lot of them, their staff has been decimated. I mean, I just know, for instance, the Toke group, they really only kept their senior staff. They had to let a lot of their staff go. A lot of people have left the restaurant industry and found other jobs, not interested in going back from what I hear. Um, and there's always been a big problem in the Quebec restaurant world. And I think this is actually an international problem. I know in France it's terrible, but there is a complete lack of young people wanting to go into this industry. So they've always been looking for staff. I mean, I remember the owner of L'Express years ago saying, like 10 years ago, saying to me, the biggest story in the restaurant world right now is that, you know, four years ago, I had a whole file full of CVs for people to work for me, and now that file is empty. And so they really don't have a lot of opportunities to get staff. Now, all of a sudden in Montreal, people are going to be looking for staff again and then getting that rhythm back going. Uh, and they're afraid. You know, it's Diane Solomon, who is the uh, co-owner of Olive and Gourmando, and Foxy and Ernpo de Pew was saying, that first of all, the wood, like all these terraces, like, oh, we can have terraces. Well, the wood for the terraces on its own back order. And some people have been told their terraces can't be built until the end of summer. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, construction is late. She says their stress levels are incredibly high. Staffing is low. They're actually afraid of the crowds, the demand, like a big, like suddenly, whoo, you know, everybody going out to eat when they haven't really been running besides doing takeout for a year. And she said another thing that's really difficult are people's expectations are going to be so high, you know? Right. So my recommendation there, somebody said, so what's the recommendation? And I think it's like hold back a little bit. Right. You can still get takeout, still encourage people to buy a bottle of wine if you can when you order food just because they make more profit on the wine than anything else. They're really not making that much profit or any profit at all on this takeout food. It's just been really to keep the machine going in some capacity. But as much as this is great news and a lot of them are excited and they're happy for sure, but there are big problems still to come. Well, they they must be they must be excited to get a little bit organized and and uh, and I guess uh, it maybe you know it could be a little bit collaborative between patrons and restaurant owners. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, lower your expectations, be a little bit yeah. more patient. What what do you think the issue is, Leslie? Why why is it that people are afraid of of, of going into this business or aren't interested in the industry? It's hard work and it's low pay. Gotcha. And you go. uh, that answer. you know. Well, I was a teacher at a wonderful cooking school called Pius X, and I had amazing students, and a lot of them, uh, several years later, the number of people that leave the restaurant industry after going to cooking school is is huge. Mm-hmm. And in where I was, a lot of the kids, a lot of the guys, uh, went into construction. And yeah. a lot of the girls, because it paid a lot more, and a lot of the girls maybe didn't find their right place in the kitchen. You know, that depends. Of course, some of them went on to great things. Mike Forgione, the great chef of impasto, was one of my students who always knew he wanted to do it. He found a way, hugely successful. But that's not the case for everybody. If right. you kind of land in the wrong place and you can do quickly decide, hey, this job is not for me. It's really, it's it's difficult work. And, you know, the pay is where there was a big issue about pay. Now there's a big issue about tipping. Will they start including tips? We're going to have to start realizing we're going to pay more in restaurants, might maybe include the tips, because otherwise people are going to walk away from this industry. And this industry is super important. I mean, Another parallel that's going on right now is New York, okay? So that's kind of the city we all look at of what's going on in New York because they're a little bit ahead of us. They haven't, their dining rooms have been open longer. They've been doing outdoor dining and little houses even in the winter next to the rest, next to the restaurant. They set up these little cabanas and stuff. Um, but now they're, they're talking about really getting New York going and they're starting to say that they want to show proof of vaccine. When you make your reservation wow. so that when you look at these reservation apps like open table, they're saying that eventually they could ask on open table to have proof of vaccination or that you had a COVID test 48 hours before you made uh, at the time of your reservation. Hmm. So this is serious. And they say it's really already going to be a nightmare for overworked staff to have to also check if people are vaccinated on top of all the other things they have to do. They say that the staff, uh, even in Montreal, they say that wearing your mask in the restaurant, going in and out of the restaurant is going to be the the, the staff will still be masked when you go to restaurants for a long time. Right. Um, but there is another light at the end of the tunnel is that we're talking about this restaurant apocalypse, like everything is going to close. And this chef in, uh, in the States called Tom Caliccio said that 75% of restaurants could close, but really the reality is only 4 14% of American restaurants 
closed, uh, which is a lot lower than one-third, which was the prediction. So they're looking at 90,000 restaurants in the U.S. closed, but usually 50,000 closed, you know. But this is, I mean, this is a a trip. I think, you know, coming through the pandemic like they have, this has been a a real tribute to some of these restaurateurs, like your friends at Touquet, my 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 friends at the Monkland Tavern, the way these businesses pivoted and managed to, you know, they're not thriving, but the man the way they right. ma- managed to keep their doors open, you know, the the Monkland Tavern, the market they set up was beautiful, and you talk yeah. all the time about is it Beaumont? They did the same thing. Yes, a, uh, yeah, and a lot of them people yeah. like Laurent's. Yeah, I got to say the opiate cachon people. Just, yeah, you know, completely hit it out of the park. You got to by having credit. picnics uh, at their their uh, restaurant in Mirabelle. And it's funny because they all say, "Oh, stop saying how creative we were." And I'm like, "No, you know, come on, look yeah. what you guys did. The the meals that you see that they boxed up. The you know, and it's funny because here here you know we really support our restaurant industry. But you know, in Newfoundland, something very interesting happened, which was the Newfoundland upscale restaurant industry is really almost entirely reserved for tourists, right? So there are great restaurants there like Raymond's, but these are hugely expensive restaurants. And Newfoundlanders are not, you know, necessarily the first to run out to the expensive restaurants, right? So they said their big challenge, because they're an island and they had to get, was getting the local seat in their restaurants. Right. So th- they started doing things like spaghetti night, you know, yeah, like yeah. at some of these, you know, yeah. places where you get like a very fancy tasting menu with mousse and beaver, suddenly they're doing spaghetti. <laughs> Spaghetti night, you know. I don't know if yeah. the spaghetti sauce had mousse in it, but yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, but so that has been a challenge for them, which we really haven't had much of here. And I, I agree with you a hundred percent. I say this to my friends all the time. You know, okay, we have the Jazz Fest, and we got you know the F one race. You know, in years when there isn't a pandemic, and the Comedy Fest, and you know all of that. But really, the to me, the the the, the heartbeat of the city is the yeah. restaurants. You know that you when know, t- that, that's that's the more. thing yeah. about my you know if you you take all the restaurants uh, out of the picture what do we talk about here in in Montreal you know the Ferris yeah, wheel you, come on your apps the museums like yeah. other cities don't have better museums I, I actually over my years as an Anglo in Montreal people are like why didn't you move to Toronto and I'm like because the restaurants are better here yeah. and people laugh and I'm like I'm not even kidding you yeah. know, of course I'm a restaurant person and a food person so that's how I earn my living but you know. I had this this woman who was this kind of famous person from Chicago show up in her private plane, and she came just to eat in Montreal restaurants. Right. And she said, "Well, what else should I do when I'm here?" And I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, well, there's another restaurant yeah, if you go to yeah. Little Italy, and then I'd go, you know, go to Griffintown." You know what? That that's high praise because Chicago's a hell of a restaurant town. Absolutely, Man. and a very different restaurant yeah, town. Big and time. and. And Restaurant Town is a recent phenomenon that people would actually go to different cities. Yeah. You know, people go to Copenhagen. People even go to places like London, which in yeah. the past people laughed at English food. Now it's a great restaurant city. And it's actually interesting to see how the world over restaurants have handled this pandemic, which is really like, but you know, the restaurant people already in this industry, they're like, there's a great expression in French, which is système D, which means système de mail, like how to get yourself out of the <laughs> crappy right. situation. Right. There is no industry like the restaurant industry for really pulling themselves out of a crappy situation. Ask any chef who has had to clean out a grease trap at 10 o'clock at night. Yep. I mean, this is what Anthony Bourdain talked about all the time is yeah. that chefs are like the unsung heroes of, you know, they're survivors. And what? obviously they've survived. So, But maybe now they're, they're just a little panicked because uh, – 
we a rush of people coming into a restaurant that really hasn't run on all cylinders for a year is going to be tough on them. Where are you going first? You know, I was writing about this somewhere, and out of the blue, I got this message from Cafe Cherrier, right? Oh, okay. And Cafe Cherrier is famous for its terrace, and I was I was really not thinking. And some of my restaurant, some of my favorite restaurants don't even have a terrace, you right. know. And they said we really hope that we'll see you on our terrace. And I thought, you know, I love the fact that they reached out like that. I'm going to try to go there first, there and go. I'm going to, you know, I'll order a glass of water. No, I'm kidding. I'll order an expensive <laughs> wine or something, you know. And uh, I just like the fact that they reached out and they're very friendly. And that's a fun restaurant, and they have a great terrace. And why not? Okay. You know? um, what about you, Terry? What about you? Uh, Do you have a uh, first place? Uh, yeah, you know tavern. what? The, twi- the, the the it probably would be the tavern, uh, but I. Uh, the 28th is my last show, so um, oh, yes. it's going to be, uh, I'm not so sure I'm going to be up to going out that night, but we'll see what happens. Right. Um, well, and, we'll come to you. We'll yeah. drop goodies off on your front door. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, our last one next week. Leslie, looking forward That's to it. That's a good plan. Okay. All right. Take All right. care, Terry. See you later. Coming up to 723, Leslie Chesterman on Food and Dining. I was going to say every Wednesday, but one more Wednesday next week.